Hello and welcome to the Property Management Show. I'm your host, Alex Osinenko. My day job is a CEO of 4.5, a marketing company that works exclusively with fee-based property management companies. I spent the last seven years of my life helping property management companies become more successful by improving sales, marketing, and operational efficiency. On this show, we'll deconstruct success into its key components and invite subject matter experts to help you improve every facet of your business. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Okay, so our topic today is is uh, um, we're going to deviate a little bit from the previous uh, uh, sessions, and we're going to talk to um, Kim and Scott Hampton with a company called Hampton and Hampton. And basically, the premise of today's um, today's show is really how we did it. This is a husband and wife team that that, that run a successful property management business, and um, you know we we've known each other for a long time, and, and I really wanted to get them. Uh, um, on the show and talk about their success. So, Kim and Scott, um, first of all, do you want to run through quick introductions, kind of tell me where you are, where your where your business is located, and what your business size right now? Uh, we're uh, in Orlando, Florida. Currently, we own Hampton and Hampton Management and Leasing. Uh, at this location, we run about six hundred single-family homes. Uh, we also own Paradise Property Management of Brevard, which is in Melbourne. In Florida, on the east coast of Florida, uh, and at that location, we run about 220 single-family homes. Uh, and so, our footprint—we're more of a regional, um, mid-Florida. So we do Tampa, Orlando, and then down the east coast, down to about Palm Bay. Gotcha. And so, let's uh, uh, kind of—I wanted to scope um, scope out your journey um, and and talk to me about how you guys got started. Tell me, first of all, what prompted did you to go to property management? How did you both decide to do it? And then how, where were you when you started? Um, I actually started in multifamily and did that for many years and then uh, was approached about getting my real estate license and coming over to single family from a former coworker. So I did that and moved from St. Petersburg over here to Orlando and went to work for a uh, single family home company then which is probably about 22, 23 years ago, mm. um, and really haven't looked back since then. Um, so that was my, my previous foray in, into this. And I know Scott actually did some sales and real estate. Yeah, and we would do some flipping and maintenance. And then I worked at the same company she came to work at. It's called Atwood Phillips, actually in Winter Park, Florida. It was actually a time when there was the largest player and really one of the only players for single-family management. That's all he did uh, in uh, this market. And Kim came to work, actually. She got the office right next to mine, and uh, that's how we met. Gotcha. But how'd you start a company? Like, what, what was that light bulb? Like, well, we got to start our own business. Let's do it. I think the big thing that happened for us, we, we dated each other. We worked at the same office. And then the company hired, we were independent contractors, and the company itself hired a consultant to come in. And hence, they wanted to change us all to employees and cut our pay and do all that. And so that's when we both kind of ventured out into two different companies, but then came back together and went into business with two partners in a Century 21. 
And we did that and built that up to several hundred homes. Um, and then we decided we really needed to have our own business. And hence, that's been, I don't know, gosh, 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, interesting. And then so you built a business already and then with partners and then you've built another business again. Yeah. Yes. You went yes. ahead and done it again. All right. That's cool. Um, so so here's my question. Um and this, I'm very curious to find out. Um, re- remember, like, put yourself, right, your mindset right now into your first 100 properties. Okay, just just put, take yourself to the, what, 90s or something, right? And, and, and what were the key, some of the key decisions, maybe one or two key decisions that you made back then that you now reflect that actually helped you be successful and become, you know, be where you are now? What were their key decisions then? For me personally, the the realtor networking was huge for me. I mean, I uh, went to Women's Council of Realtors. Um, I got on with the Board of Realtors on committees, and I met just just a, an amount, a huge amount of people, and that that helped me build my realtor referrals, and that still is the case today, and it's. I seem to be one of the only property managers who does all of that, and that surprises me this day and time. But that was me. So realtor networking, really connecting, shaking hands, connecting with people, talking to people, and and getting uh, uh, setting up a network for referral business for years to come. Yeah, and those those relationships I build. It wasn't just about going, "Hey, I do property management." It was getting to know them, and some of those people are still still my dear friends. But it's that no like and trust. I mean that that to me was key to to getting that. Gotcha. How about you, Scott? I think for myself, it was more of the passion of the business, and you know you hear people talk about the passion, and and a lot of entrepreneurs talk about that, um, and I think that's really. Um, it isn't talked about that much in the, even in the NARPM uh, industry and, and you really have to have a passion for this it's a love-hate uh, and I call it the mafia that if you try to get out it just pull you back in uh, yeah and so I, it, it's really just the passion and also I love the problem solving of, of the fact of solving the problems as they came in and taking them apart solving and finding the solution for the owner, for the tenant and for myself and moving forward so I think it's a little bit of uh, uh, definitely the problem solving, and I think the other part of it is just really a real passion of wanting to know and learn the business and do the best I could. So the business engaged you on on, on both emotional level, where you know the term mafia in a very positive way comes in <laughs> and with networking with people, and it involved you also on a on a uh, on a maker or trade level, where you actually got to you know put things together with your hands or with your mind and see them see them you know work. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and see them flourish. So, all right, good stuff. Now, a tough question, a tougher question. Um, <laughs> what decision do you regret uh, or are not as proud of within those first 100 units? Remember, we're still in the 90s. Okay. What would be the decision that you felt like, hey, it was a little hasty or, you know, you gambled, but it didn't work out? Mm. Tough one, huh? Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, and I'd have to. I, mean, I just kind of really lean toward the partners. Yes, um, I would say the same thing. You know, it's just I, I. I personally think the partners was the thing that we really regret in taking a partner. And I feel like we lost uh, a lot of groundwork there and having a partner on, and then trying to 
trying to work with them when they really didn't fit and we tried to force the round peg in the square hole and it just didn't fit and we we really lost a couple years there i think trying to make that work gotcha so and that is actually common with a lot of startups and entrepreneurs right picking a partner i mean i got really lucky with john john and i have a you know we complete each other and that's why kind of with the husband and wife team you know is 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 you got to complete each other um you know yeah. you got to overlap somewhere but the, you can't be both a personalities yeah. all right it, or, or it, you know then then you know um it, it just doesn't work but yeah i could i could t- totally see this uh, partnership situation uh, can make or break the business Oh, yeah, by all means. You know, Scott and I know it's kind of that give-take. You know, sometimes he takes the lead, sometimes I take the lead, and it's almost like we finish each other's sentences by this 20-something years later, but it does. You have to have somebody who's on the same page with you because if you don't, again, it only, you know, just waste your time, and then you're like, you're so much further. You're like, oh, gosh, I wish I would have done that. Exactly. I'm with you 100%. Okay, interesting. So first 100 years, all right, you guys got through that. Um, do you remember how many people you had working for you at the, at that point? Maybe one. Maybe one. One. Yeah. So both of you were just running around. Yes. Yeah, um, both <laughs> Now, were you doing sales I, at the time? No, we never. We've never done sales. Mm-mm. We've never done any sales. We have consulted quite a lot with investors and buyers, um, with their agents, and with and we call it a value add. Um, and so if people call us realtors, I tell them I'll go look at the properties for them, for their investors, give them a report, give them the rental comps, the maintenance, the turn, and give them that information. I call it a value add, uh, and it doesn't cost them anything, and I'll go look at the properties for their investor, and then they can go from there. Gotcha. Um, okay. So now we are at 300. Hampton and Hampton is at 300, what, mid-90s somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so take yourself back there. Same kind of routine. Let's talk about some of the things that you've done that benefit your company to this day or have benefited your company tremendously at that time. And then the second round will be, you know, decisions you regret potentially. So let's start with the positive. I'd, one of the things that we did that was a little bit different is in order to help grow the business and instead of us trying to do everything, like you said, when you have those first 100 properties, I think everybody – um, experiences that that pain of trying to be all the hats. Um, what we did when we would hire somebody, we would give them 30 properties. That was kind of our our niche. We'd give them 30 homes to get them started so they could pay the mortgage or put gas in the in the tank. And then then they would build their portfolio from there. And so we did that with every single manager. And yeah. I I thought that was extremely beneficial rather than just starving. And to me, that was a huge positive that helped grow our business. Very interesting. So as you were getting higher in the property count before that 300 or right at, you actually brought in portfolio 1099. Well, essentially, you know, 1099 portfolio portfolio managers to come in and help you scale and grow this business by giving them a certain uh, uh, giving them a little bit to eat initially and unleashing them as, as kind of entrepreneurs in a way with a little safety net that you provided them exactly. to go and yep. build a business for you and for themselves. Correct. Exactly. Correct. That is really cool. Okay, right on. And did when you did that, did you already have accounting person, maintenance person or not? Not yet. We had full-time accounting. accounting. Uh, we, you know, subbed everything out. 
on yeah, the maintenance side. Point, yeah. But we had a full-time accounting girl there. Um, and then they leased their own. And there was a leasing girl that we used, too, that leased properties. She was part, kind of part-time. Part-time and help inspections and, and that kind of thing. Hmm. Interesting. And then you still have the same structure today, which is a portfolio structure, right? We we have a blend, I would say, okay. if you want to call it that. Um, but we now have all employees. So definitely a little bit different at 1,000 units. I'd want to talk, uh, once we get to the future or to now, I'd want to talk about this if you guys are open to discuss this. Actually, sure. that's a, that fascinates me right now. I'm like... Want to jump, but let's let's stay with discipline here. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the decision you regretted. I mean, saved somebody a lot of heartache by sharing something interesting. What have you done that yeah that wasn't that good? What were you gonna say? Well, I there's probably two things. When we were at about 500 properties, we started a maintenance division. Um, we had for probably about five years. Yeah, a whole a separate company, I should say. Um, we didn't, there was not the right processes and systems in place to do that. So you're buying all these vans, you're doing workers comp, you're hiring these people. And it just wasn't put together as well as I would have liked to hindsight now, you know, 2020, I think it could be run a lot more efficiently, um, but still a hard thing. And so that, that's kind of one of those things. It's like, should we have done that? Should we not? Um, I kind of go back and forth on that. Gotcha. So it's a complementary business unit. Takes you away from the core. I agree. Um, you know, it takes yep. your focus away from the core. So you know, and I and I found that that's you know that distracts you from your purpose. But but yeah, you, you know, in property management, you know, those auxiliary businesses actually improve your lifetime customer value significantly. You know, especially if you sell um, and and do maintenance and other things. But I found people who are successful with this usually have partners that are in charge of those divisions. Yes. Because, you know, as, as, you know, as an executive of the company, of the core business, it's hard to, you know. It is. Yes. Yeah. Invest so your time elsewhere. Just peace like they have now. They've got great scheduling programs. And they've got, I mean, just so many pieces to that. And all the maintenance is done online. And you've got a center that can answer them for you. And I, there's just so many of these little pieces that, you know, back then, you know, so many years ago, there wasn't that. And so, you know, you know like you said, hindsight. Yeah. So, interesting thing. But once you go away from what your core business is, even though you have to do that now in property management in order to make money because you really can't raise your fees, fee structure, like, okay, we got to charge this, do this, do this in order to really make it. Well, it's such a competitive marketplace now, and it's a real challenging environment. Um, and, you know, uh, having you know, a real sales flow and, and having a, um, a good marketing in place. You, you really got to have that. And, and then can I say answer the phone um, <laughs> is, is a big one. Yeah, answer the phone, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I agree. You know, old, some of the old school methodologies work really well. And I know some companies, older company owners who stick to the old school principles and do very well. Yep. And I see people who don't stick to the old school principle and don't adopt the new principles and those are the ones that uh, that get bought out or die <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the businesses die not them but yeah um all right interesting cool uh, okay so moving on from the past let's go into the the future because i'm i'm actually quite anxious for you to uh maybe talk about your blend and why what's the purpose of converting you know with folks who are 1099 who are essentially their kind of own business owners no, satellite business owners to more an employee. 
situation. You want me to answer? Yeah, go ahead. That's probably one of our regrets that you were talking about earlier, the different stages of building our business. I think we waited too long. We're usually one of the early adopters of things, but I think we waited too long to move people from independent to an employee status. Interesting. And change it to the departmental really is how we do it now. I think we waited maybe a little too long. And our staff got, um, I guess we want to use the term fat and happy. Um, they each were making over $100,000 a year. You know, you know, we at one time we had 1,400 homes. And, yeah, that's great. But the problem is, you know, hey, it's 2 o'clock. Time for me to go home. I'm out of here. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm that's not good. Here. And you're not having people who are hungry who want to hunt and, and take care of building your business with you like you did with them when you hired them. And they were all here long term, and that was great for for that consistency for the owners. But in in the backside of it, because the business has changed over the last couple of years, that really hurt us to to stick to that. Gotcha. But then we did. It was um, almost everybody left, um, and so that was difficult to be able to get that that turned around. I but bet. So your advice your advice would be to um, make sure to consistently check that your organizational goals are aligned with the pay structure as well as your you know, your your kind of your your team uh, structure and your job roles and everything else and who you hire and who you fire yes exactly. um, that's, and, and that's think, good advice yeah and i think even now though it probably would be hard for that to, to come in, it's harder for that to come into play because in the old, and I want to say the old day, older times is that it was easy to build up management. Now it's very competitive. So if you brought in an independent, it's not like, you know, the old days, I'd get calls from realtors, say, go to Gulf Atlantic Title, pick up the keys. This guy just bought the house in a management agreement. <laughs> um, you know, those days are over and they're not coming back. Right. And so, you know, it may, you know, and we're looking at it now as we talk about it is that as you, you bring in as a true independent, they, they would have to work. Whereas before it, Quite honestly, that we handed them most of the things. Yeah. Right. So, and now this is this discussion is going into very interesting uh, uh, avenue for me or path. Um, I have very, you know, I I work with hundreds of property managers, if not personal friends with hundreds. I mean, literally with dozens for sure. But um, you including, of course. But you know, some people are very happy with portfolio structure, and some are not. What? How would you assign happiness versus not happiness? Why, why are these guys happy? How are they managing, t- you know, two thousand units with portfolio structure and actually seem to be pre- doing okay? I think the huge part of it is third-party systems. Whether you're going to do departmental or you're going to do portfolio, to me, the portfolio um, is difficult now. I mean, just in in my mindset, because you've got one person there trying that knows everything. And then all of a sudden they leave or they go on vacation or they get sick. All of that's kind of lost on them. And I I think you have much more success if you do the departmental. People work in teams. Then you don't just have one person that has too much control over that. Gotcha. And now honestly, Scott and Kim, honestly, do you feel your customer experience suffered? Or, you know, now versus then? Your customer experience, both tenants and owners, overall, if you just scale, you think it's at the level or better now or worse? 
What do you think? I think it's gotten better for them. I would say this last year it has because yeah. we did such a huge change um, in in staffing. That of course hurt us. You know that that was hard to, to get that climb back up there. Um, but now with the departmental and how we have um, the systems in place to be order to check on everything, did they really go out and post all those notices? Did they follow up on these? We have these dashboards and different things where we can actually check on that at a moment's notice, and we know everything got done. Before, when you just had a portfolio manager, they had just too much control, and you didn't know what they were doing or not yeah, until the bomb went off, and then you know, <laughs> or until they left, and then you find all the bombs. Yep. Yeah, I got you. So, you know, and that's that is that is very revealing. I mean, it, you know, you 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 put your business together, you allow people to succeed within your business, but if you don't continue to adjust, it at some point, as you say, they just get, uh, for the lack of a better word, too fat and happy, and what happens is that the service level drops. You know, two o'clock time to go yeah, time for place. tea. Uh, I'm not taking any more calls, stuff like that. Yeah, that's just not, yeah. That's exactly what happened. And we had to get to a point where we were like, you know what? We we really are, Scott and I are Hampton and Hampton. And that has probably been the most important piece of this now over the last two years to get back to where we were. Because we we care about this and we we want to make it successful well, and not everybody thinks that way. And, and I think it's important too, Alex. You know, somebody, actually it was Albert at Folio had dinner with us one night and he said, you know, people want to meet Scott and Kim. They want to meet you. You're you're Hampton Hampton. And when we go now out to meet new clients, they are so shocked. They're like that the <laughs> owner came to see me. I mean, wow. they're so impressed. And that we answered the phone. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, I can't. I, I'm with you. I'm you know. I'm working every day, all day, and and I'm on the same boat. You know, um, yeah. I want to be, you know, um, visible leader of the company, not behind the scenes in the shadows. You know, <laughs> trying but, but, to concoct I, things. <laughs> I think that's where we went at a point in time. Sure. You know, kept hiring and adding on and growing larger and hiring managers and hiring this person that and. You do kind of get in that backseat position. You get a little isolated. Yes, you know. and that really wasn't the smart thing to do. Really, you've got to be in touch. You've got to know what's going on. You've got to be able to talk to people. Gotcha. All right, this is, I mean, right now, so far, this has been very, very helpful for any entrepreneur as well as especially you know, property management company who's starting up. Um, but I want to shift gears a bit, a segue into selling your, your service. Um, presenting to the client. So you have a lead. It came into the business. What happens? Who takes care of it? And what is your process? And what is your sales process like? Initially, we we have the the initial sales processes. It uh, comes through, as we know, we use either it's a pay-per-click or it's just a referral. If it's a personal referral, it'll come personally to myself, Kim, or someone in the office, obviously. But if it's a if it's a regular lead in, obviously we have a chain in the in the call. Meaning it comes to me first. If I don't answer, it actually will go to Andrea Thurman. She's been with us eleven years, nice. um, and then you know would be Kim. Um, so we try to get a live person on the phone with them, yep. and to talk with them, and then from there basically just really understand what they're what what is going on and let them talk you know and let them tell me the story what's the story of the property what's happening i inherited it i just bought it uh, you know let them talk let them you know tell you what the background is and 
and start building that uh, relationship with them in reference to where it's located. You know, we have one down the street, and you know, that's a good school over there. And I was just in the neighborhood; those kind of things, and 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 then start the process of basically they'll kind of then come back with, well, you know, this is what I'm thinking about, and you know, how much does this kind of, and so that's when I usually get the address and look, let me run some comparables for you, and I can come out and visit you at the house, see what we need to do to make the house ready. Um, and uh, we use actually the thing we just switched over to a lot. We use on all solid houses is rent facts. Picked mm-hmm. it up in Atlanta. Um, put it with our management packages. New clients love it. Kind of gives you a bell curve, low, high, and then seventy percent of rental in the bell curve. Um, new clients love it because they feel like you're not just pulling this out of thin air. <laughs> so uh, you're doing you're doing the uh, rental reports. Yeah. Yes, yes, with the management packages that we carry out there with us. Now, you know, I bring the paper with us just because people really, you know, they don't. I don't have them sign all anything on paper, but I still just bring everything with us uh, when we do it. Obviously, walk the whole. I tell them when I walk in, I say, "Why don't you play realtor and show me your home?" Mm-hmm. And you know, they show me the whole house and tell me what this was and that and the color and why and you know. And so it just that's the process we kind of go through um, to getting them to close. But- we, uh, we also use Lead Simple, actually, too. Right, as a, it's, a, it's like to track the sales process track through the stage. Yeah, tracks and drips on them. We send them like an e-book or we'll send an article or a blog or a vlog. Or, yeah, it does the whole thing across the board. So we're touching them all the time. Really cool. So you are the one selling or is there uh, someone else? No, it's myself, uh, Kim, and then uh, we have, uh, again, uh, another person who's been with us 11 years. Gotcha. But so 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 I, I I feel like you know whenever the owner is responsible for the sales, you know that th- that function is covered. <laughs> Correct. And that's covered. what we wanted. We felt it kind of lost touch uh, when we had somebody else doing it. They weren't really weren't kind of following through. It was kind of done, but just kind of surface done. And again, it gets back to that passion. And 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 so when I, I stepped back up and did it myself. Gotcha. Do you have plans to uh, hire a salesperson at some point, or, or do you, are you content with the current uh, flow of uh, things? And, you know, we talked about this actually. I think it was uh, just in the last you know week or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, where we're at in our life, and some of you all know, we just had a baby. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, uh, That's thank huge. You. Thank you. Thank you. And um, he at this point in our life and our career, we just decided that you know we probably aren't going to have an operations person anymore or a salesperson. We're going to basically be running this, you know, um, ourselves. Yes. And it's not just ourselves. We have a whole team. But as far as the sales process and the onboarding, we'll take that and run with it. Then we give it to our team and the departmental. That That's where that will happen. Gotcha. We make sure that it's taken care of. It gets closed. It gets rented. Then the team takes care of it. Gotcha. So let's shift gears. I actually you you brought uh, you brought up your 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 baby, um, and and that's you know that is an interesting topic to cover. So husband and wife team. First of all, um, how what you guys any tricks um, to disclose on how to stay together and, and you know for, throughout all these trials and tribulations as, as you build into business. There's a communication huge huge, and as I mentioned earlier, sometimes. He's got to take the lead. Sometimes I have to take the lead. So you need to you need to know and understand when you take the back seat. And if you like you said, if you have two A personalities and they're just, you know, you know, just 
you know, butting, head. butting heads, you know, with each other, that's not going to work. You can't have big egos. And we don't. We we do our thing and we enjoy it. And that's a big piece of it, that we both have that passion for it. Gotcha. And now let's talk about your newest addition to the family. Um, how are you finding time to, you know, be bond and as well as, uh, uh, you know, keep running the business? Are there any well, tricks there? Well, our, uh, this took us three years to get to this point. So we've had three years to prepare for me to take a, a back seat. And that, and again, goes back to building the team and knowing where the strengths are and using Lead Simple and using four and a half. And use, we, we've got all those things in place and we have had that. And that helps tremendously. So he's not here at seven or eight o'clock at night. He leaves, you know, like three, four, uh, sometimes five, but no later than that. We eat dinner together. We eat breakfast together in the morning. We have time. Um, and then we also make time for a date night every week. Um, we found a great nanny that we like, and she's able to help out whenever I need to go to a meeting or do something like this or meet with an investor. Um, but Scott really takes the lead on that, and I'm mommy. <laughs> I, I got you. Well, so you know, here's the thing. I, you know, we're doing. Uh, you know, our, our listeners don't get the visual. Uh, you, we, we do here. We're doing Skype video right now, and you know, you guys look pretty rested. And and, and uh, you know, I had two children, you know, two little babies, and they're six and two. And you know, I tell you, it was just so difficult. And I was expecting you to be a bit more beat up. Really? <laughs> well, I want you to know we're getting five, six hours of sleep at night. That's like huge now. He's three months old tomorrow. Yeah, um, but actually, Scott was up at 2 a.m. last night because the alarm went off here yeah. at the office. So, yeah. so he was- I met the police here at 2.20 this morning uh, meeting the police out front here. The alarm went off. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, you guys look great. And, you know, is, this was a great interview. Any parting words of wisdom for an aspiring you know, property management startup or an entrepreneur of any kind? Uh, again, I, I think keeping it focused on one, be it if you're in single family, commercial, multifamily, uh, whatever industry you pick in the property management field, I think keeping the focus on just real laser pointed on that instead of trying to do sales, property management, and running all around and doing all these things. Do one thing, do it really, really the best that you can and better than anybody else, and I think that'll differentiate you in the market. I think that's a sound advice. And Scott and Kim, I thank you kindly for your time. Thank Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it.